2019, the Singapore government announced a national blueprint that would direct the use of artificial intelligence to transform the economy. Now, the government reports that as of today, 150 teams have been working on research and development, and over 900 startups are exploring new ideas with AI. Now, last December 2023, the government followed it up with version 2.0 with the central theme of AI for public good for Singapore and the world. To help us understand what this means for businesses in Singapore, we are pleased to have with us Mr. Lian Jie Shu, Chief Analyst with Omdia, to talk more about what this means to delivering the promise of a national AI strategy. LJ, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Good morning, Alan. Thank you for having me. Can you briefly describe for us what is the overall aim of the Singapore's national AI strategy? Yeah, so the overall strategy that the Singapore government have crafted around AI is to build Singapore into a global hub for everything AI related, be it AI skill set, AI talent, um, AI governance and frameworks, as we will discuss a little bit more later, as well as sort of uh, AI um, implementations and applications. Um, so that will enable Singapore obviously to stay ahead of the game and make them the place to test new AI ideas to develop new AI solutions and ultimately to become the leader in deployments of AI. What exactly has happened from 2019 to the end of 2023 in terms of this national AI strategy? So I think the best way to answer that question is um, actually nothing has really changed in terms of the overall theme and the, the intention and is to still position Singapore as the global hub of everything AI. But a lot has actually changed since 2019, specifically in the AI domain. I think there are a couple of things that we can point to. First of all, is obviously the rise of generative AI as a subset of the AI technology. In 2019, most of the focus was around deep learning, was around machine learning. There was the, I would say, the early stage of AI globalization and commercialization. Now with generative AI, based on what we have witnessed around ChatGPT and popularity around that type of uh, human-like interfacing, I think there is huge demand around that type of solution, be it within the consumer or the enterprise space. So that has obviously driven a lot of focus and energy around R&D, around investment around deployments. The second thing that has changed since then was the growth in both the type of data that's available for AI developers to develop their AI applications, but also the emergence of new AI chipset that includes the, the latest version of GPU hardware that can be used to train more powerful AI models, but also sort of um, more capable AI inference chipset that can be used for AI deployments. Then lastly, is also sort of this, this growth of the overall AI ecosystem. There's a lot more AI startups that has now get into the game. There has been new techniques invented by all these startups around AI training, around AI deployments, AI governance. And there is sort of a lot of demand, obviously, from the enterprise market to see this happen, to see this being adopted and deployed within the, the organization. So having that momentum on both sides of the market, the supply side and the demand side has truly changed in the past three years in terms of AI adoption and AI demand. So if we narrow our dialogue to enterprises or businesses for business leaders and the rest of the C-suites, if you like, what would you say are the opportunities that this national AI strategy present both to the company and the industry itself? 
Yeah, I think what was crucial was that in the early stage of AI commercialization, a lot of the plans around AI deployment focuses on adopting what has been done or what is being proven to be technologically mature or commercially successful. Um, so that includes perhaps AI-assisted computer visions or sort of the early days of chatbots and virtual assistants as, as we know it. But now, I think with the emergence of generative AI, there is a lot more focus around localization and sort of personalization. So which means enterprise nowadays, they are looking at deploying, for example, uh, a GPT-like solution within the organization. They need to look at it from a localization standpoint, so which means can we create something that is uh, specialized for us, that can be customized to our domain-specific or industry-specific applications? Can we make it to interact more naturally with our, with, with our consumers, our customers? Can it, let's say, understand dialects or it's able to function within the local regulations and industrial compliances? So that there are a lot of concern around how to make AI more customizable, more fitting to its local environment. I think there is a huge opportunity for enterprise to look into, for enterprise to explore, and which means that there's probably a domain where they need to put in a lot more effort. Now, when you try to do that, there is obviously, as I mentioned just now, a focus on ensuring the AI model is functioning in the right way. So that means you kind of need to have, first of all, the right data, and especially data governance around it. You need to have the right infrastructure as well. So which means putting in the right software, the right hardware, perhaps even the right cloud services to support the AI deployments. And then lastly, obviously the AI governance and the AI ethics frameworks to ensure that the AI is performing in the right way. So there are a couple of things that organization needs to look into way before deciding on which AI application to deploy, what type of uh, use cases that they want to support. And I think that will be something that a lot of these CIO needs to look into. Now, speaking of the CIO, how active should he or she be involved in crafting architectures, roadmaps that would support or enable uh, the organization to realize the, uh, the potential of this national AI strategy? I think the CIO needs to be almost fully committed to the entire process and has to be transparent about all the processes that's happened within the organization because naturally with the adoption of uh, anything automated, it can be robotics, it can be AI. I think in the early days, there's, there's RPA. Regular employees will get quite nervous in terms of uh, how they function moving forward because there is always an assumption that if you use a lot more AI or a lot more automation, people will get replaced from their uh, roles and there will be obviously people who will be quite unhappy about the entire process. So uh, some transparency and some guidance from the CIO will definitely help in that sense. And then to sort of like the decision makers, I think what would be very important is to know what's the next step. So essentially what are the expenditure that's required when they are acquiring, let's say, a new piece of infrastructure or to integrate a new cloud services into their existing process. And then sort of um, to sort of the senior management, obviously, how long will they take like the entire process? What's the governance that will be put in place to ensure that there's compliance, there is um, sort of regulatory laws that is being abided to? And then lastly, what is the entire life cycle? of the AI project. Is it just a single time deployment? Will there be any resources that 
be placed to ensure regular updates and maintenance. So all those stuff needs to be communicated very clearly from the CIO to the rest of the organization to ensure alignments and agreement across the board. Now, given the level of interest that business leaders in Asia and Singapore have, as far as AI is concerned, what questions should the CIO be asking A themselves, mm-hmm. the yeah. board, the C-suites that will help guide the AI deployment for the company as well as, for, I guess, the industry? I'll, I'll answer the sort of um, the question to themselves first. I think to be transparent with yourself and your own capability is very crucial when it comes to the CIO role. I think like any other roles within a big organization, the question is always around whether I truly understand what I'm going to deploy as compared to, let's say, I'm just following the trend and adopting whatever that is popular in the market. It's very crucial because ultimately you will want your AI project to succeed. You will want that to drive both top line and bottom line within the company to ensure that the company succeed once the AI project goes live. And I think sort of uh, to do that, obviously you want to build a strong team around you. You want to ensure that there is full alignment across the organization. And then you have to obviously, as I mentioned earlier, communicate transparently within the organization. I think the other question that was quite crucial that the CIO must ask themselves is whether they want to actually buy the AI solution or build the AI solution themselves. It's the regular buy versus build type of, uh, I won't say dilemma, but have choices. Because in many cases, you'll probably do both. You'll probably build some of the AI stack yourself and then perhaps acquire the rest of the stack, meaning software or tools or cloud services from solution provider. And in that case, you then need to ensure that your team has the system integration capability to to ensure everything runs smoothly, the integration was seamless, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's obviously the question that CIO must ask themselves and sort of be very aware of what they are trying to execute. And then the question to the board and to obviously the rest of the organization is that whether he will he or she will get full support um, when it comes to the deployment of the AI solution. Because ultimately, as I mentioned earlier, in the context of uh, Southeast Asia region, particularly Malaysia, Singapore, in- Indonesia, there is the question of how do we get something that is now popular across the world and then localize it for local contacts or and, and local regulations. And I think in the case of Singapore and Malaysia, particularly around sort of um, what is happening uh, around the AI governance, uh, we have seen the Malaysian government release their AI roadmap, I think sometime middle of last year. And then obviously with the one that you mentioned earlier, um, the Singapore government just published their uh, new AI strategy for the country as well as I think yesterday just launched the model AI governance frameworks for generative AI. There's a lot of regulatory framework that a CIO needs to look into and even uh, for the entire organization. So he needs to get enough support from the rest of the organization to understand what's the direction, how much they can localize, how much they need to invest from an uh, organizational standpoint, and then whether he will he or she will get sufficient support when it comes to that type of project. Because I, I think what is clear up to this point is that implementing an AI project is not that straightforward. You need a lot of commitment from the various divisions and the various team within an organization. You also need to understand what lies in front of you, whether adopting this AI solution will lead to more commercial successes or it will just be another pet project. Um, And I think lastly is to sort of give a lot more transparency, obviously, to the rest of the organization that whatever that is being implemented and being adopted, it will be beneficial for the company and beneficial for everyone within the organization. 
Fair enough. Now, Mel has a couple of questions for you. Mel, why don't you ask LJ now? Hi, LJ. So I read a study last year. It says that Singapore tops the list of Apple mm -hmm. countries in AI readiness. Yes. So what can other economies learn from Singapore to mm -hmm. become a hub for an AI innovation and investment? Now, that's a good question. And I think what is obviously clear at this point is that Singapore government has always been very transparent with its uh, AI strategy and, and was very bold in sort of uh, launching this strategy way ahead of everybody else. I think back in 2017, the government has set up its plan to become a major player in the AI regulatory and AI compliance landscape. That was way before the, the, the publication of National AI Strategy paper in 2019. And obviously in, in 2019, they published the paper and then now they re-updated the version in 2023. I'm not saying that every country should sort of play in the AI regulatory or trying to make themselves an AI global hub because what works for Singapore may not necessarily work in other markets. But picking a lane and or multiple lanes and focus in those domains, I think it's a very important thing for any country or any markets that want to be successful in this area. For example, like I mentioned earlier, there is a need for localization when it comes to generative AI. So you can see that markets like China and South Korea, they have been very forefront when it comes to developing their own, I would say, national language-based generative AI models. So they have local companies investing a lot in acquiring lo lo local data, building their own models that can support uh, native Chinese or native Korean languages. And that would then ensure that that AI capability within the market itself will get uh, accelerated and get adopted across the board. So that's sort of some of the, the things that markets should look into when they are considering sort of trying to make themselves more AI ready. Now, many emerging technologies take time to get adopted, right? However, what is probably unique with AI is how fast it is evolving. How should CIOs then architect an AI strategy where the technology itself is evolving probably faster than the use cases that can be identified, tested, and integrated into the existing processes? Yes, no, I think that is an excellent question. I, I think there is no doubt that AI is technology that gets updated almost on a quarterly basis. You know, it doesn't mean that having a rapidly evolving technology ensures or guarantees commercial successes. I think we have seen not just AI, but many other technologies where it does get sort of um, updated on a very frequent basis only to then faces a lot of hurdles and, and struggles when they try to launch it in a commercial sense. I think obviously as a CIO of an organization, you want to ensure that whatever that you have had way before the launch of an AI application is sufficient and will be able to accommodate all the changes moving forward. And that obviously includes um, several, I would say, important decisions that you need to make. First of all is to have obviously the right architecture. That means you need to have the right type of approach when it comes to collecting your data that's specifically for AI. To have the right sets of AI infrastructure so that can be, for example, having lots of GPUs because at the moment GPU ensures that it can support whatever 
AI models that you can throw at it, that's sort of like the promises that a lot of the GPU vendors is trying to commit themselves to. But you can also have an AI infrastructure that is heterogeneous enough that is able to support different types of uh, AI applications with varying degrees of accuracy and, and let's say energy consumption and, uh, and, and power requirements. And that will then ensure that you have a much more flexible hardware to, to deal with future changes. Then also you kind of need to prepare your, your team to be very aware of what's going on within the AI compliance and regulatory landscape because you want to ensure that whatever new regulations that's upcoming that may affect how you collect data, how you interact with your customer, how you use the data for your internal training and, and recording purposes. You want to ensure that all those are being uh, respected and being abide to because um, the last thing you want is to get on the other side of the law. Finally, you need to ensure that your workforce is nimble enough. I think that is one of the challenges or one of the main challenges that uh, every organization, particularly within the Southeast Asian region, is facing. Usually, good developers or good AI engineers, they always prefer to work with a hyperscaler or work with a successful cloud AI company. And that is sort of the, the talent war, the hidden talent war that we have been facing all along, is that even as a respectable large organization within this region, it's not that easy to acquire a good AI talent. And that then requires you to have a much prudent, let's say, approach to how you want to roll out your AI projects, how you want to get that infrastructure built up within your organization. So taking a more measured approach, having a more methodical framework when it comes to adoption of AI is quite crucial moving forward, especially, as you said, the AI is constantly changing. There is no way for us to even put a finger out there and say, this is going to be how it looks like, let's say, two years from now, because don't quite know what was to come. So yeah, so hopefully that will give CIO some guidance and some ideas around how they can navigate through this water. LJ, as always, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate the opportunity. That was Lian Jesu, Chief Analyst for Omnia on the topic of delivering on the promise of a national AI strategy. You are listening in the podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover in this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.